From Trailblaze, this is Anchored, a roadie-themed podcast style low-sodium option for the Ocean State Sea Salt Dependents. I'm your host, Shay, and today I am with Bill Bartholomew, going on a date with him. Uh, Bill is the host of the coincidentally named Bartholomew Tom podcast. Very sure. coincidental. I'm sure that just you just pick some letters and they... Just they worked came, out. It just, it just worked out. A constellation of letters <laughs> just, formed. It's like alphabet soup. Um, no, I'm sure it's your last name. Uh, anyway, welcome back, loyal listeners. Uh, if you're here for the first time, welcome in general. Don't forget to give us a follow on social at, at Anchor the Show on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, there's always a fourth one. Um, no TikTok? No. T- uh, actually, we are on TikTok. Okay. Uh, not really on TikTok. Like, I know what you mean. Yeah. Got the account. Are you on TikTok? Not really on TikTok, but I've got the account. You got yeah studying it, figuring it out, yeah. ready to uh, join the Zoomers, and it's hard to uh, just learning another platform, which it's it's booming. It's bigger than any other one right now. That's right. However, it's a little intimidating. It's like when you're good at like physics class in high school, but then they're like counselors, like you can go into AP physics, and you're mm-hmm. like, let mm-hmm. me take it, and then you go in the first class. I don't think I'm ready for AP physics. Yeah. That's that's reasonable. I feel like TikTok is uh, you, you got to be ready for it. You don't want to go in there and just um, you know post random pictures of your party the night before or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, you'll get uh, de-algorithmed. I I will say though, uh, my twelve year old nephew got a TikTok and he got in a lot of trouble with my sister for having a TikTok. Ooh, I went on his TikTok and it was a lot of memes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a lot of um, political content. I don't know how much polit- political content a 12-year-old can have that is sound, but it was there. Yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> here is Anchored. Uh, so we have this date or an interview with Bill today. Um, we do our interviews as date style because I'm definitely not jaded from my last relationship. Definitely not. But I want everyone to know how to see how many dates I'm going on. It's a good plan. Yeah, that's... I also just don't date men, so like the last few have been totally washed anyway. Um, you gonna do? But welcome to the date. <laughs> welcome Thank to you. The date. It's so great to be here. And if we are going along with the date interview analogy, since we are, and this is my show, this is not our first date. It is not. This is a second date. It's yeah. It's been a couple years. Um, there was a little bit of. Uh, I mean, we've been talking, but not like. Let's go on another date talking. It, right. it took until I got my own show. COVID was the meat in our date sandwich. It it really was. It it pulled us apart. It did. And then it got me a lot of Twitter followers. And now I'm here. Now you're a rock star. <laughs> you're in the Providence Journal. You're all over Twitter. You're all over Instagram. It's You're yeah. all over the place. Google my name. Shana Weintraub or Shay Weintraub. Just, just type A-S-H-A and yeah. things will... Just do it. Just pop off. Just pop off. Just do it. Mom, Google me, please. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yep. He interviewed me in 2019 when I was working for the Providence City Archives when I had um, a burgeoning career as a content creator, as a young but legal, not too young, content creator. Um, I remember that day fondly. Um, I want to know, could you tell that I washed my Adderall down with cold brew before I came on? Wow, very impressive. You must have uh, done some deep breathing exercises as well then. Oh my gosh. I was I was going to say I was nervous, so I was like, let me take my Adderall so I can focus mm-hmm. and drink it with cold brew, which was 
not a good idea. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, if I had a cold brew alone, I think right now, I mean, I'm, I'm already fitching. If, you, if there was a camera on my legs, people like would be shocked at just how absurd my leg positioning is and hands, as you can probably tell. It's just... That's it's just like, what do I coffee. do with my hands? Yeah. yeah. Just coffee in general. Yeah. I know. What do you do with your hands? That is the big question. Whatever there's a camera on, people, it, there's a talent to it. Some, yeah, yeah people like do this. People, some people like, no. You like, know, I, I envy the sports caster that can have, you know. Something in their hand. Exactly. Let's go down to the field, talk about the Eagles mm-hmm. getting crushed or whatever. Okay, back Something to like that. Yeah. yeah. And then when you're out and about and you're, um, you know, asking questions, you have your iPhone with you. You have mm-hmm. on the long, what would you call it? What do you call it? Not a selfie stand. stick. Selfie stick. That's my second guess. Um, but yeah, like I have nothing to do with my hands. It's hard just doing this. That's why I had the Zeppeli last week. It's because I hold the Zeppeli the mm-hmm. whole time. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. St. Joseph's Day, right? St. Joe's Day, March 19th. Don't want to get that wrong in Rhode Island. No, no. Um, and actually with that said, if you don't know what St. Joseph's Day is, listen to our St. What the Fuck is St. Joseph's Day podcast. It's very good, and you'll find out what the fuck St. Joseph's Day is, if you don't already know. Um, but with that, let's start our date. Um, first, I have to know, are we following relationship protocol in that? Is there a Mrs. Bartholomew Town? Is there a Mrs. Bartholomew Town? Mm-hmm. Are you uh, breaking any uh, relationship rules by going on a date with somebody else? Oh, no. I'm uh, I'm always happy to... Uh you know, go out and about with someone of, uh, of your stature, oh, you know? Wow. I hope my ex heard that. Yeah. No, she doesn't listen anymore. Um, I will admit though that I'm breaking one of my rules having you here today in that mm. I don't date people in the same field as me. Um, too competitive, way too competitive. Sure. Um, so to have somebody with their own podcast, I have my own podcast I know nothing about so, podcast protocol because here's my phone, yeah. which I left inside the studio. Thanks a lot, everybody. He's so uh, popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, mom. Uh, yeah. uh, Very professional guys right there. Somebody probably calling you to get angry at you for, I don't know, wearing overalls again. Could be. I'm guessing. I almost wore overalls today. I've been wearing a lot of pink. In fact, I've, I usually I used to wear all black a lot. And um, kind of make this shirt is making its debut. I just just picked this up. I thought this would offend the uh, those ladies that make fun of me for wearing pink on Twitter. And um, so this one's for you. I call this the uh, the rainbow collection. I love it. I love those pink overalls. Where'd you get those? Those were a magical find in Brooklyn. Oh. Um, and I, I, funny enough, I got them and was wearing them on another now defunct web series in Rhode Island in like 2014. I drove up from Brooklyn to play a show. Um, so I don't believe they fit me anymore, sadly. I'm guessing they wouldn't fit my 5'2 stature. It might be a bit, bit tall. You'd have to chop them. <laughs> but that's kind of the thing now. Kids are like chopping. Oh, yeah. Like back to Jenko style. Mm-hmm. Or they'll buy them that way. I yeah, mean, I just okay. bought jeans with holes in them, so I can't say mm-hmm. too much. Um, but yeah, so uh, breaking a date rule, having another podcaster on. Um, but I kind of want to have this be like a work date because yeah. Virgos and Capricorns exist. I'm neither. Are you mm, either? I'm neither. Uh, what are you? Leo. Oh, another fire sign, Aries and Leo. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is yep. – I'm like the serious fire sign and you are – the outspoken fire sign, I would say. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then the Sagittarius are like the fun fire sign. Whatever. 
It's fine. We're fun too. Yeah, we're all fun. We're all fun. It's all fun and games till someone gets hurt. Yeah, which brings us to Rhode Island politics. Hurt Central. Oh, we are now in season 2022 of Rhode Island elections. Yes, we are. Um, I'm going to be dating candidates from across the state, and you are going to be doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So my first date question is, why the fuck are we doing this? Great question. Uh, truly something I ask myself on, on a somewhat regular basis more and more often. And, um, I don't know why, why, I mean, it seems important, but it also seems trivial at the same time and, um, meaningless to, Mm -hmm. I mean, in all seriousness, it seems like, you know, for the most part, um, People have, especially now, made up their minds about what they believe, and they have these extremely dedicated opinions on things that that can't, can't get that, them off of it. You're, you're not going to change them, so you know you say, "All right, we'll check out person A, B, and C." You're just kind of like serving as a vessel, a communicating vessel, and less of like a convincing people to think critically vessel. I think right mm-hmm. now that's not entirely true, though. There's people who have. An open mind out there. There are people who have an open mind. You know. uh, I would say, I wouldn't say less and less so, but it is, people are very open about how open they are. And then they realize that maybe they're not going to sway so much. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, what we like to do here at Anchored is treat every date that we have with the same respect, whether it be on one side of the aisle or the other or mm-hmm. right in the middle. Cause in the end, people are people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have, um, I wouldn't say a policy, but when you choose who to interview, do you have a rule for yourself? Like I'm not going to interview this person who is like, has Putin on speed dial. Mm. Um, not well, yeah. I mean, I, my rules are very simple. Like if you're, and I would actually break it just to pry at somebody perhaps even, and I've considered that and maybe even done that a little bit, but, um, you know, hot. yeah, you know, like openly fascist, racist people, you know, there's not much to do there. And then like people who are super benign as well, that don't take much of a stand. I feel like there's not mm-hmm. much to do there either. So, um, but yeah, the show my show has been has had everybody you know the the quote unquote furthest left politician and some of the further right people and it's the same process although mm-hmm. i mean look you know i'm i'm biased of course i am i mean let's get real i have same. i have opinions and i think most people realize i am an independent i'm not a democrat but i think most people realize where i stand on he's things. also not a journalist he never called himself that that's right that's <laughs> i mean it, you know i do work that is journalism oriented in terms of reporting but at the end of the day um you know i am on wpro talking i'm on my podcast talking i'm firing things off on twitter i go on pbs mm-hmm. and do a lively experiment in certain sectors like i i work with pbs on on the weekly show and although I was doing some politics stuff, we kind of arrived at this point of like, well, why not do only arts and music and culture stuff and do mm-hmm. it journalistically? Because mm-hmm. that's a different space. So mm-hmm. I'm a journalist there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think when I'm asking questions at a press conference, I'm doing it with integrity and from a as in and as an unbiased a place as I can. But um, yeah, I'm not like a traditional journalist. In fact, most of the journalists in Rhode Island. The people pay attention to are 
you know, you look at Dan McGowan, Jim Hummel, and Gene Valicente, for example, all three of them are, yeah, all three of them are both doing journalism work, but also take opinions in their platforms mm -hmm. oh, in yeah. one way, shape, or form, you know? So I think that it's, it's just, it's just a new way of looking at things. It is a new way of looking at things. And I do like that you said that you wanted to bring kind of a journalistic space to, you know, creatives, just people in like the culture scene in Rhode yes. Island. Yep. But then you you found yourself with Paul. I mean, it helped that you, this is further in the date I was planning, oh, oh gosh, but name dropping Dan ahead. McKee. Yeah. Um, had a politician first and foremost, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like politicians, politics, all this in Rhode Island, like that's our celebrity. That is our Hollywood. And if you're going to talk about things that are newsworthy, like we don't have, we don't have a movie scene going on. We, I mean, we would if, I mean, we had Hocus Pocus too. Like, yeah. And we had, what was it? 13 dresses, 37 dresses. What's the movie? 35 dresses to 27 dresses. 27 dresses. I don't know any of those bad. movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a source that he says that politicians are just ugly celebrities. Yeah, in Rhode funny. Island. Yeah. Um, well, it is big. It's, it's a thing for sure. You know, you think about, I think about, uh, we were talking about New Orleans off record, you know, when Hurricane Katrina happened, Fats Domino being helicoptered off of a rooftop. You know what I mean? Island locations. I, uh, this is something someone told me in, in music, not necessarily physically defined by, um, surrounded by water, but insular locations tend to produce their own microcosms or micro networks of their own kind of celebrities. In New Orleans, it's a certain group of musicians. So Fats Domino, oh man, humongous. But you know, Fats Domino in other parts of the country is just a name you might've heard of, but there it's, he's a, he's a rock star. I think certain sports in certain places, you know, uh, small towns that are insular. You look at reggae and what's happened, what comes out of Jamaica. Um, and, and, you know, other than like world-class celebrities, I think local celebrities are really valuable and important to the culture collectively in, in the world. Um, sure. And in Rhode Island, it is true that our political space has produced uh, an uncanny, totally different than when I lived in New York. No one knows who the city council person or the, right. the person who, you know, the local radio host, no one cares about that. Here, it's like prime time and mm -hmm. it's really interesting. That's one of the reasons why, you know, it's, it's interesting. Why we're here, probably. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's juicy content. It's juicy. A lot juicy of gossip. Uh, it, yeah, like taking a whole fruit. pack of juicy fruit. In fact, a whole it's like going to the Costco or whatever, buying a case of it, opening up every single individual piece of juicy fruit, forming it into a, a ball, having oral surgery to allow for your mouth to be larger, inserting that heave heap of, of juicy fruit, and then just chewing it every day. That That's is essentially an image. My what Rhode Island God, politics wow. is. Yeah. If you were a gossip in high school, Rhode Island journalism is a place for you. Oh, God. It's, <laughs> it's uh, they say, you know, the old expression, it's an amusement park for journalists. It really is. It's um, it's wild. And some of the stuff that happens here actually is really upsetting and sad, you know, and there's things that, that, that I'm working on now. In fact, uh, over the last couple of years, I've been looking at the Airbnb phenomenon and especially in mm -hmm. Newport. And I was just performing in Newport last night. And went on this big rant about it and how, you know, I can't get into it. There's a lot of corruption, a lot of family connections that are making this happen. Um, it's terrible, you know, the, the, that people can't afford to live in a town that they grew up in. I didn't grow up there, so it's just annoying. But there's people who grew <laughs> up in Newport 
that generationally, and now they're being forced to leave because some clown decides to buy 16 houses and turn them into micro hotels. Mm -hmm. So, and that's allowed here. And so that's sad. Mm -hmm. But then there's other things that you're like, well, that's just kind of funny. Yeah. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I, Newport, I mean, if they're going to do that anywhere in Rhode Island, it's going to be Newport. And that is sad because locals, I mean, locals are proud of where they're from in Rhode Island, I would say more than anywhere. Um, When I would say, I mean, pride also comes with a negative connotation sometimes, but totally it is. Well, look at the Bryant basketball game the other night, you know, the brawl in the stands, you know, talk about embarrassing. Um, In fact, if I was the NCAA, I would have considered finding a a way and you don't want to punish the kids on the floor because they Mm -hmm. had a tremendous season and that was a great postseason run, gutsy performance. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you have, you know, this um, jingoism. We see it here. And and look, I love sports. I really do. And I know you do as Mm -hmm. well. But sometimes- Big sports guy here. You see people with like, you know- Patriots regalia on, um, you know, at some bar when they're playing, you know, like not even a real rival, like the Jets or something like that. And, you know, getting into fights and everything. I've seen this and I'm like, dude, no, 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 no. You (laughs) you should be fighting against the person that's taking your housing Mm -hmm. away. Yeah. That's the the rival. And, you know, this also isn't the Patriots versus Ravens or Steelers back in the day. This is like totally jingoism. There's a lot of that here. And I see it in, you know, it happens in high school sports, college sports, from town to town, you know, um, East Bay versus West Bay, you know, outside of Providence versus inside of Providence. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, you know, we should break that mold because we would be a lot better off. And again, that doesn't mean that you don't love the Patriots or Mm -hmm. the Rams or whatever it is, but at the same time, it's like, keep it in perspective. Yeah. Maybe that happens everywhere. I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So since I did name drop, Governor McKee, Daniel yes. McKee. Let's call him Dan. Daniel J. McKee. Daniel uh, John James. Jerry. Jim along. Joseph. Uh, jingle. I like Ezra's, Jingle. E- Ezra's finding it. It's going to be Jeremiah. It may not Jeremiah, even be Jay, I feel like. Jedediah. Daniel. Daniel. He is a Gemini. I know that. I believe his birthday is June 9th. Maybe it's June. Daniel June McKee. Oh, I do like the name June. That's a very cute name. That is. Representative June Speakman comes to mind. Ah, yes. Did you you get it? (laughs) Going to call him Chris. Yeah, we got it. Let's get get the governor on the line, please. (laughs) Oh, that would help. (laughs) It is Jay, but on Wikipedia it just says. Maybe it's just Jay. Jay. It could be just, that's a cool name too. Like just like Jay. Oh yeah. So Jason. No, no. Jay. Okay. It's J-A-Y. No, Jay. Just, just Jay. Just Jay. Cool name. Yeah. My dad's name is Jay and he had his whole life had the whole problem of like, is it short for Jason? Mm-hmm. Anything like that? He's like, no, it's just Jay. Jay's a cool name. Jay. Yeah. Like Jay. It's really easy to not fuck it up when you see it written on a paper, too. It is. Right. How do you pronounce this? All right. You know, see yeah. you later. Don't uh, ask any more questions. See ya. Uh, it's, I mean. Yeah, someone should ask him because it's just, it's just, you know, J dot. Like, it, yeah. you don't know. Next press conference. <gasps> so mysterious. 
That's the mystery. He says, if you reelect me, I will tell you my yeah. middle name. Yeah, but what's the reason why you're not exposing your entire middle name? Is there a reason for this? Governor? Is it spelled J-P-U-T-I-N? I don't know. Yeah. Putin's on the brain right now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, how did you, how were you able to get somebody of Lieutenant Governor mm. fame on to be your very, very, very first guest? Wrote him on Facebook. Hmm. He is of the Facebook generation. I wrote him on Facebook. And, um, you know, the, the idea for my podcast came out of a passion for broadcasting that has I've always had a passion for for, for for performing obviously not speaking performing and a passion for politics and when I got back to Rhode Island I was in Brooklyn for a decade in like 2016 I got back and I was listening to a ton of talk radio and calling WPRO <laughs> all day every day as William in Newport and hounding them wow that is you a know? Leo trait that is a Leo trait just I was I was the thorn in their side especially I mean I'd called John DePietro oh Tara, uh, Matt Allen, you know, Dan York, you know, just constantly calling these people up. And I've, to a, to the point where I actually know that, like, Dan York's told me, he's like, that was annoying. You know? but <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I, it was annoying. That was the whole point. Yeah, that was my point. I wanted to be annoying. <laughs> and I found that there was a real void for, one, I was stunned that no one was doing a podcast in Rhode Island. I was like, how did, mm-hmm. no, how is nobody doing this? This is incredibly bizarre to me. So I was just like, well, I'll do it instead. Um, and it was not intended to be anything explicitly political, but it was an election season. And when I got McKee, I realized, well, if, if McKee wrote back to me, maybe uh, Joe Trillo will write back to me. Maybe Alan Fung will. And maybe, you know, and you just I just kept building it. So when it had enough voices that were on it, it seemed like to at least campaign managers, it was like, well, we have to do this because, you know, Giovanni Froshi did it, Patricia Morgan did it. Uh, so Alan Fung better do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were on it. Yeah. When we did the Senate District 3 episode, yep. we had everybody except for one unnamed candidate. Oh, I'm um, very curious who wasn't on. Um, I'll call her Gina Pham. Because that's just random, for? random. Boy, they blew that campaign. I'm sorry. That was outrageous. You know, and the way that they... When when Sam Zurier won that, you know, on a on a on a fair basis, he won that because he was an ambassador for that neighborhood. Exactly. That's why he won. And look, Green New Deal, all these type of issues, extremely important. They matter, no question about it. But mm-hmm. uh, I did not like the way that they responded when you know when when she lost. I thought that was completely ridiculous, and it, it put a sour taste in my mouth that. That they 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 were bad sports when they lost fair and square. So mm-hmm. there is an important an importance to losing um, gracefully, gracefully, and understanding how to improve. Yes, you know? just taking notes of what they could do better next time. Absolutely, campaign and, based on the district, not on global issues, would be a start. Well, know? yeah, Rhode Island. That is, I mean, that's the number one thing you want to do in Rhode Island is you want to pay attention to your neighborhood and who you are going to be representing because. Yes. One, those are the people that are voting for you. That's your job also. And you know? it's, I mean, I think that we also saw it in the 2020 um, just U.S. election that you can put so much money towards a campaign, but they're still going to lose because money doesn't vote. Well, <laughs> money does vote. We're not going to lie there. Yeah. But Twitter followers don't vote. That's right. Um, your friends out West can't vote for you. Like, 
So it's about, you know, really paying attention to who is actually checking your name off. And I think Sam Zurier, who doesn't like Brussels sprouts, by the way. Could see that. That is doesn't something. Doesn't like lawn, uh, leaf blowers either. That's his big thing. He's putting oh. legislation to ban leaf blowers. Interesting. Gas leaf blowers. Uh, is it the gas or is it the sound? Because I can't it's, it's based both. on the gas but it's um, and the emissions, but it's probably sound oriented as well. And there's an example. If that goes through, there's a green policy that's that's based on the neighborhood rather than like campaigning on global issues. And I, you know, Gina Pham, I've she seems like a nice person and like probably could be a great candidate. I just I didn't like that whole thing. I, the whole two factions of progressives, Brett Jacob and Gina Pham, battling each other. You know, you got Aaron Regenberg versus one group, and this. It's like mm-hmm. th- th- this is like high school lunch, you know. Th- yeah. th- this is this is yeah. serious. This is this is the state legislature. Come on, exactly. let's get serious. Yeah, it's we should be coming together more than we should be pulling each other apart. Exactly. And it's that race. I mean, the race is over. Can't do anything about it. But I just hope that people from all sides learn from it. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had the Republican candidate on. Alex Cannon. Um, yeah, he was a very kind guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was from Las Vegas, which I didn't know that type of person exists. People don't come from Las Vegas. People don't come from Colorado. And people don't come from Delaware. Yeah, totally. They right. don't spawn there. Right. They- LLCs come from Delaware. Gambling problems come from Las Vegas. <laughs> Marijuana comes, comes from, from Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, and Lauren Boebert, which... Oh, God. Oh, no, she's not even from Colorado, I don't yeah, think. I, she, she looks like she was like grown in a laboratory by... <sighs> Yeah, maybe she came Patricia from Patricia Morgan. Where? Maybe. Oh, our girl Patty. <laughs> uh, she got yeeted out of Twitter. That was so funny. Um, so let's see. I wouldn't call you a polarizing figure mm-hmm. in that you live in Rhode Island, not the North North South Pole. Mm-hmm. But you're a pretty likable guy. Um, you do oh, piss people shucks. off. I definitely do. Um, yeah, and you call them on their shady shit, which. I that's an opinion. You're a Leo. You have to have your opinions. Mm-hmm. What is a memorable moment um, from your time as a podcaster uh, from pissing somebody off? Mm. Well, most recently, you know, I've been going after this group. Look, the school mask thing. My opinion on COVID has been pretty consistent the entire time, which is that the the opinions of the public health infrastructure and of people who I trust in health care. Mm-hmm. Um, are who I'm listening to. I'm not listening to politicians. I'm not, they're, they're channeling that energy. So what, you know, when it, there's also things where you use common sense. Like I remember they closed the parks down at the beginning of COVID and they said, you got to mm-hmm. wear a mask when you're outside. You know, a lot of my physician friends or, or PhD friends and, and they were like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you can go for a walk in the park without a mask on. If you're not next to anybody, of course this isn't, but fast forward to modern times. Um, I I believe that because kids were unvaccinated, it was appropriate for them to be masked. I understand mm-hmm. there's major consequences too. And I wanted to see an end date. I kept pushing for that. Let's see metric. Let's see an end date. At the same time, the people I respect from Stanford, Yale, public health here, whatever, they said, you know what? It's, it sucks, but we got to do the masks in schools. We just mm-hmm. have to. That's, that's the play yeah. right now. The alternative, um, you know, whatever. So I had all these anti-maskers coming at me, this Dr. Bostom, you know, and then <sighs> these ladies that are on Twitter, that just this mm-hmm. faction of ladies that are just so obsessed with this issue. Um, Anti-mask lady Twitter. Anti-mask lady Twitter is almost worse than a uh, guy with sports sunglasses Twitter. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> I would put that below Yeah. or, or, or above, depending it's, on how you're organizing the, yeah. the metric. 
But I, you know, I, I, I was going back and forth, and I think in a very respectful manner. We let them on the radio. I, I engaged with them on Twitter. People were telling me in various organizations I'm affiliated with, you know, stop engaging with these people. They, they're, there's, they're not good intention. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yes, it exploded when uh, this, this local blogger here posted something like outrageous on Twitter about this topic. And I responded with you know, kind of a snarky remark. And then the one of these ladies, um, Nicole Solis is her name. She uh, took off an old photo of me when I was performing on Go Local wearing pink overalls, you know, playing music. And she's like, did you mean to dress like a girl? You know, and I, I was, um, you know, my whole life I have been gender neutral. Uh, I have never believed in that. I've I played with dolls, you know, wear pink, um, to have no interest in uh, proving myself as a man trying to lift something or whatever, you know, all this nonsense. Um, I, you know, I, so I was very upset about that comment because I thought it was like, you know, you're digging at something that you're, like you're just busting chops in a way that is. Uh, very offensive and and you don't even realize how offensive it is. Mm-hmm. And I think the stupidity of the remark <laughs> is the is what it, the most recent time that that really set me off because it was like, you know what? You stand for everything that I'm against. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that someone's like that, they embody the high school bully. Mm-hmm. They embody ignorance. They're willing to use um, you know, just your personality and and sort of you, you know, Willingness, I don't want to say courage, but willingness to be yourself mm-hmm. against you. Yeah. You know? Like and- that is weaponizing at a very ugly level. So when that happened, I did stop engaging with those people. I don't talk to them anymore, you know, but so that's probably my most memorable. Uh, so talking about um, your pink overalls mm-hmm. and how that pissed off anti-mask lady, yeah. lady Twitter. And it's, yeah, that's just, I've noticed that there's a certain faction of the side of the aisle that will bring up things that just don't it's it's out of nowhere it's out of the blue that's not what we were talking about why are you bringing this up and they think that that will upset you and you know there's i think in the past years we've all gotten a little bit better at not biting Mm -hmm. when that happens but there are some times when you know they attack who you are as a person yes and it's i mean people like to say like oh it's twitter it's instagram this that doesn't matter but it's Oh, it matters. It, it matters. Like those are real people typing those words. And they, I mean, these are people that would never say it in person, but it's still being said and it still hurts. Yeah. And it's also, there's something just frustrating about it. Like, you know, when, when, when Patricia Morgan made that comment about her black friend, you know, that <laughs> comment that the quote unquote, mm-hmm. that would be, if you don't know the tweet, you just heard my remark there. It probably sounds like I'm an idiot or which I may, I may be, but not in this case, because I'm <laughs> no, quoting not on this. <laughs> what Patricia Morgan was said. This, it, it, it's worth looking up Patricia Morgan, my black friend. Um, you know, I was on the rate, I was on the WPR hosting for a period. Dan York was out for, for a month or so dealing with the medical situation. So I was in and, um, <clears throat> you know, that day, you know, we were doing it. We were, you know, and I was fielding calls from people who were defending, you know, Patricia Morgan and, uh, you know, the producer at, at one point, Alex Weldon, he was like, are you crying? And I didn't even realize like how emotional this made me, that there's people out there that have this mentality that think they're right mm-hmm. and are willing to go out in public and, and present that things. viewpoint. 
mm-hmm. and take that stance and defend it. And, and it, it, that hurts me. That, yeah. that hurts me at a deep level. I don't even know how I, how to manage that. Um, I, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't know where, where it originates from, um, in terms of like why that, why that hurts me so much, but it's, it's, it's made me question doing all of this and just simply returning to music several nights after that. I've thought about walking away from this because I don't know if I can withstand, I will debate anybody all day on you, even, even issues of like abortion, et cetera. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you, if you have a position on something like that, this controversial or death penalty, whatever it may be, like, I'll hear you out. I've gone down to the, the Planned Parenthood and stood out there and con- and conversed with those people that protest mm-hmm. and just try to understand where are you coming from on this? Okay. I totally disagree with you, but you're, you have conviction mm-hmm. when you, when you display that you have no conviction, like when you, when you show me that you're a bad person, yeah. I, or at least by my standard, you're a bad person. Very hard mm-hmm. to deal with that. And yeah. It, and and um, I've tried to eliminate them from my life. I haven't blocked them on Twitter. I haven't ignored them. I still know they're out there, but um, it hurts me. And I think anybody who, who says, oh, whatever, it's not a big deal. There's mean people out there, hasn't gone through things in their life or seen things in their life where um, you know trauma has been inflicted based mm-hmm. on mean people being elevated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the whole... Um, online bullying with schools like that's a, like there's a higher suicide rate in kids that age for a reason yeah like that's it's it's real stuff and this is not the hill that I'm dying on but I do want to tell people just watch what you say like it's yeah it's there f- like it's gonna be there forever um there is some even if you delete it that is still going to be there. Yeah, there's always the Wayback Machine. Nothing, the, is, uh, <laughs> nothing is deletable from it's the, the internet. It's the best part of the internet. Um, I do. It does make me laugh whenever people pull up tweets from like 10 years ago. And I'm yes. like, how did you do that? And then I learned the advanced search function. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so you were looking. You were looking on that. Um, speaking of blocking on Twitter, who has blocked you on Twitter? Imagine there's some people. Yeah, there are. Um, it's it's sometimes hard to tell because you'll be in a in a thread and it'll say you can't see this person's content or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some leftists have blocked me. I know that there's some people who don't who don't like me. They think I'm some kind of like right wing maniac um, because of uh, you know I'm I'm not like you know. By the way, Uprise or Down is amazing. Steve Alquist is like literally one of the most incredible like people out there in journalism. But like. There's some people who like if you don't just read Uprise and like use those talking points, then you're not like qualified. So it's shockingly, mm-hmm. I think some of those people have, but only a few. On the right, very few people have blocked me. Um, most most people are are willing to engage with me, and 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 most people on the left. So I actually mm-hmm. haven't been blocked to my knowledge by that many people. Muted, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I I think for the most part, I I don't find that I hit that that wall of blockade. That's very often when I do, it tends to be in a thread started by like Sam Bell says something and I'm getting in on it. And it's like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. then there's somebody there that everyone's kind of like agreeing with, Mm -hmm. but then I'm like, well, who is this person? You know? And I'm like, why do they block me? You know, I had, I've had Patricia Morgan on Bartholomew town at least three times. How was she as a person? Uh, well, the first time I met Patricia Morgan, I was, I thought, you know what? This is a person that's very soulful. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized she was wearing cool Ray-Bans. Like she, she and her husband owned like a flight school. So she was- That's she a was, cool thing. Yeah, she, That's was pretty, she was cool. Objectively you know. a cool thing. Um, 
I, I, and per, per, perhaps that's why I'm also so shocked and hurt by where this has gone and the fact that she's become part of this Marjorie Taylor Green type of brand of, of people. Um, yeah. It, because I think that there is a person in there that is very soulful, though I disagree with on almost every issue probably. <laughs> At the same time is um, a good human maybe. And so now playing into this cheap shot, yeah. ugly, ignorant type of commentary uh, adds – because when you hear from somebody that like you really believe that like all right, they're raised in an area, like they have no exposure to anything. I mean I went to Charho in the woods. <laughs> yeah, I went to school in the woods too. You know, and I'm sure things have changed there. But I mean I'll tell you right now, you know, the the the, the language utilized, you know, just by some gym teacher or something like that, some mm-hmm. basketball coach, whatever – you know, using, you know, anti anything slurs, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just people it they hear it at home, they hear it from their friends, they hear it all the time, and it just Yeah, we'd have like a back. soccer game and you know, it'd be like going to play Central Falls. I remember this a very specific example. You know, the coach comes on the bus and he's like, All right, listen up, guys. Everybody keep an eye on everything. You know, you know, what keep your eyes up open, you know, don't don't be talking to anybody out there. You know, this is a dangerous place we're going right now. And you're like, what are you talking about? We're yeah. going to play j- soccer at Jenks Park in Central yeah. Falls. Like, yeah. what, what's, <laughs> what's wrong with you? You know, but yeah. So I can understand how like some people are unable to escape that. And I think mm-hmm. my own growth, I have to remember, like I was very aggressive in trying to expand my horizons. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in the woods. I didn't, I wasn't exposed to that much. You know, I have a, a family that has interracial elements and has a diversity of political opinions. But beyond that, like I didn't have a ton of diversity in my life, even when I went to school at URI um, until I got to Brooklyn. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, (laughs) this, this is how the world really is on every level, gender Mm -hmm. identity, national origin, race, personal identity, political standpoint, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm lucky that I was thirsty for that and still am. And mm-hmm. and I don't think I know everything. And I'm happy to learn more and more every day. So when I see people who are like set in their way of the world, like all these people who are like, what are they doing with this anti-transgender uh, legislation? What do you, you – no. Know, it's- <laughs> no, no, no. That is not political. That is yeah. That is deeply personal. You want to get into mm-hmm. the specifics of, of athletic competition, there's a debate to be had there. Fine. Uh, I have my opinion. You may have yours, and we can talk about how to resolve it. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally trying to erase people, like when I see that happen in this state, you know, it, it's, it's very not, discouraging. It's not necessary. And it's – these people wouldn't even think to do it. These politicians in Rhode Island wouldn't even think to do it if somebody – some politician somewhere else didn't do it. Like they don't actually care. Like no. this is yeah. definitely just like we want to be relevant. We want to stay relevant. We want to bring the Republican Party back in Rhode Island. That's not how you're going to do it. And that's the thing. We need a Republican Party in Rhode Island. We really do. What we have right now is unacceptable. The The monopoly of Democrats here isn't good for democracy. Debate is important. And mm-hmm. the type of Republicans we need are not these types that are fanatics about issues of critical race theory and mm-hmm. anti some gender, you know, this book, Gender Queer, that everyone's screaming about on that side. All of yeah. these issues aren't. They, I'm saying they're not important to people. They've made people have they've been made to be important to people. But at the end of the day, most people, the issue should be about how are we 
using our money? How are we using yeah. our budget? How are we allocating? How are you representing my neighborhood? How are you representing? Exactly. Yeah. Back that whole thing and all these issues. And it happens on the left too. Sometimes mm-hmm. people get carried away with things. And, you know, I saw someone I respect post something the other day on Twitter, like college should only be free, but you should be paid to go there. You should be paid $30,000 to go there. If I got paid to go to college. Oh my God. I went to five college. I would be, I wouldn't be here right now. Exactly. You would <laughs> trailblaze. You, you would be, you would be trail bought. Yeah, you know? it, exactly. That's it. I, I mean, I would go as far to say that there's just as wide of a gap between the Republican party, the democratic party and the progressive party. That's correct. In Rhode Island. Yeah. Like there is just, just as why it's like Olympic swimming pool wide. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's wild to see that it, I mean, it could, I mean, it could be splitting up the Democratic Party. It could, not so much on the national stage. I think that's really where the problem is here in Rhode Island. It could be interesting to see if we actually, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, the progressives rely on the Democratic brand and machine to win. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times progressives here are more aligned with Republicans than they are with Democrats on certain issues of institution, like, I guess, like, levers of power and controlling them versus not like there's a lot of alliance there in terms Mm -hmm. of oversight and things like that. Um, And it's just, I think, I think Rhode Island would be better if we had more, you know, again, I don't agree with him. Sometimes he says things like that. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, but Blake Filippi, um, people like that, you know, Brian Newberry, again, I don't really agree with him on a lot of issues, but at the same time, like having converse with them. He's like a respectable guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think more people like that would actually benefit the state, even if you don't agree with them, because you could have adult debates instead mm-hmm. of worrying about like fake critical race theory being caught, taught in North Kingstown high school. You know what I mean, like <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. it'd be good to get past that. It's, I agree. I agree. Um, so let's jump to, uh, the 2020 election cycle and some specifics, mm-hmm. uh, because I mean, 2022 or 2020? 2022. Did I say 2020? You did. Oh. Oh. Joe Biden won. Fake <laughs> yeah. news. Uh, real oh, yeah, news. Right, right, real exactly. news. Very real. I was at Bottles on the east side getting moonshine when I found out that Joe Biden won. Nice. It was cherry cherry moonshine. It has cherries in it. That's what I use for my old fashions. Very Got nice. Got to double up on the liquor. Um but let's talk about the 2022 election cycle. Yes. And we'll start on the highest stage uh, with U.S. Congress. Mm. Were you surprised that Jim Langevin is not seeking re-election? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was. It makes a lot of sense, but I, I didn't have any tip off. I know some people did, but I had no idea that that was coming this year. I didn't think it was the year. I think because of the seemingly um, – the, the likelihood that the House is going to flip to Republican control, I, I did not think this would be the year that that would happen. Yeah, that's good. Good year to choose, Jim. Good year to choose. Um, I will die on this hill, though, um, that we need to have more diversity at the congressional level for Rhode Island because in Rhode Island's history, we've only had one person who was not a white man. Claudine Schneider. Claudine Schneider. March. Her birthday's March twenty fifth. Oh, I so happy she's birthday. an Aries. Yeah, I I looked up her birthday. Um, Aries. Anyway, uh, and she was a Republican. Yes. She came from the political party that you wouldn't guess would have the diverse side. Although in Rhode Island at that point you had Arlene Violet, you had uh, Susan Farmer, 
uh, farmer, Lila Sappinsley, the, the Republicans are actually the more pro-women party and in some ways more liberal, that John Chafee party. And that's the type of Republican that we need here in Rhode Island now, fiscally conservative, a different look on how to manage the state, but also not maniacs. Yeah, <laughs> not maniac party. Like, can we do that, please? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, traditionally, Republican Party has been the party of the women that going back to like the Nixon days. Really? Yeah, if you like listen to um, Rachel Maddow's Bag Man. Oh, interesting. That yeah. was like a big part of when they were trying to run him and Spiro out of there. They still maintained um, Republican women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that kept that was um, really what kept kind of like you know Spiro from kind of like getting truly impeached. He was yeah. just kind of asked to leave and don't right. run. Yeah. <laughs> Suggested to depart. Yeah, here's a, here's a suggestion for you. Yeah, Get the hell out of here. It, <laughs> so Claudine Schneider, um, she from what I read was a Democrat and then switched to the Republican Party. But what was the most surprising for me is that her big issue was the environment. Mm-hmm. Like, she really, really cared about that. And so I guess that would make sense that um, to switch and have a party that will elect a woman. Um, yeah, and now she lives in Colorado, which I'm sure fits her perfectly. Yep. Um, but we've only ever had one person who is not a white man. And to me, that's... It makes sense on one side of the aisle or on one hand because Rhode Island is so white. It's waspy. It's so waspy. And but on the other hand, it's there's so many people. I mean, we have a little over a million people, but there's so many people to choose from. Um, So there are a few people who are running who are going to be running um, for this seat that are not white men. Do you imagine any of them? having a real chance joy fox she was remind me who she was um or i guess is she's she had a, a, a non-elected uh, i guess the simplest way to describe her is a non-elected political all-star um you know somebody in the and the appointed side in terms of administrative roles um i don't know why i say that i said this on a lively experiment a few weeks ago i think mm-hmm. she's going to give seth magaziner a run for his money and, and I, I don't know, again, this is just one of those things like trying to predict who's going to win the World mm-hmm. Series this year. It's difficult. You don't know how people are going to feel but come September, well, think, at least for the primary. I'll tell you one reason why I think she's got a shot. Her name. First name, Joy. You put that up everywhere. Joy. It's so easy. Joy. And it's Memorable. good. It's like hope. It's like hope. And name your kids Joy. Name your kids Hope. And they will win office. I think she has a shot. I think Alan Fung has a shot. I think Alan Fung and Jessica De La Cruz each have a shot. De La mm-hmm. Cruz is going to have the support of the, uh, again, that sort of Marjorie Taylor Greene type environment, although she's mm-hmm. much more competent than they are in reality. She's actually not uh, – she'd actually be far superior to them, I think, mm-hmm. in terms of brain capacity and um, mm-hmm. even though we disagree on almost everything. But mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, I, I think she's a fine human. You know, mm-hmm. I don't wish her ill will. Yeah. Um, Alan Fung, you know – I mean, he's one of those guys you love him or you hate him. I mean, he's basically so well known that I think him versus Magaziner, uh, it'd be it'd be a tough matchup for Seth. That would be a you no. Know, it really would be. And just yesterday, the 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 we're taping on Friday the eleventh. Just yesterday, the Democratic, uh, essentially the the this national congressional Democratic organization has identified both Rhode Island races as very hot races. In other words, they're going to double down or quadruple down on their efforts to make sure 
a Democrat is elected, mm-hmm. now I don't even know who was challenging David Cicilline. You know, usually you get somebody here and there that comes mm-hmm. out and, you know, it used to be Chris Young before he, no, he was actually a Democrat but in a primary. He would, he was basically a conservative. But for the, the point being that it's, it's perceived that a Republican could certainly win in CD2. Mm-hmm. I think Alan Fung could, could pull it off. You know, I, I don't There's have a, a good measurement or barometer of how much he's hated you know, because there are people inside the Republican Party who hate him. And there's obviously people who, and I think that's the correct word, that they're like, oh, Alan Fung, I hate that guy. Mm-hmm. You know? Guy named Alan. Yeah. Come on, Alan. We hate Alan. But, we all uh, know a guy named Alan. We always like. Spelled differently, perhaps, but. Yeah. You know. I'm sure that Alan Fung is a decent human being. He is. Yeah. 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 And Alan it's... Fung's a fine man. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, a good if you want to see the human of Alan Fung, just YouTube his first loss to Gina in 2014 his his concession speech and you know you see a guy who really wanted to be governor and felt mm-hmm. the pain of losing a close race and you go oh okay you know he, he cared, wanted, he cared. Mm-hmm. and a lot of these people don't care about it on a human level they care about mm-hmm. it on a power level that's true you have to have a certain level of narcissism to run as a politician but also if you care it shows if you actually care about the people that you are running to represent it shows. Yes. Um, it's not easy to show people that you just want power. That's right. It's not like it's it's wild. But, I mean, he could pull it off. His wife, um, Barbara Ann Fenton Fung, she beat Mattiello. Sure a, did. That was that election night, which, I mean, Biden versus Trump, that was really what we were all looking at. But I was watching the, the Fung-Mattiello race just as closely. And I was there. That was with – Barbara Ann and Alan, and as that, I went to the Republic, Cranston Republican after party, you know, mm-hmm. and we talk about anti-COVID. I mean, you got people. I saw. The, it, was, it was, that was the one thing where I was like, really guys, you know, do we need to prove this point? You know, mm-hmm. but they, you know, they, they won that race fair and square and, and, mm-hmm. you know, Matt, Matt Yellow kind of, um, his time was up and Barbara Ann stepped in and she's hardly, she is a Republican for sure. There are issues that define her that way, but she's pretty progressive too, you know? Yeah. Um, so speaking of that election, um, that leads me to my next question, which is about Cynthia Mendes. Yeah. Um, she surprised, oh, maybe at that point, not surprisingly beat Billy Conley yep. in the East Providence state Senate race. Um, so my question with her and your opinion is Matt Brown and Cynthia Mendes are running on a joint ticket. Well, um, they, they say they are. They, there's, they constitutionally, they're not allowed. Yeah. They, they are not. So that's that's the thing. If anybody here is listening from a state that's not Rhode Island, Rhode Island doesn't have a joint ticket. There are yeah. some states that do, but this isn't one of them. And so it's more marketing, s- marketing ceremonial. It's to come up with like united front kind of thing. Um, do you think that's going to work for them? I think that it'll help them get over 10% in the primary, but I don't mm-hmm. think... I don't think either Sabina Matos or Dan McKee are very concerned about that that operation right now. You know, I think Matt Brown is a fine man and I think he has a lot of good vision. He's got mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Um, he's a good leader. He's a good speaker. He's handsome. Mm-hmm. Um, he has cultivated this following of, of people that are mm-hmm. serious. Oh, yeah. Um, does he have the the prowess or the, the, is Rhode Island thirsty enough for progressivism at, at that level that they're going to be able to defeat Nellie Gorbea or even Helena Folks 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I don't I, I don't think they will even surpass those two. I, I think Dan McKee is is in the driver's seat right now mm-hmm. by a wide margin, and it's going to take a ma- either a scandal or health concern uh, for him to not be lieutenant governor. Could Cynthia could could Senator Mendes somehow pulled off? Sure. You know, I, and I like both those people a lot. I love, I really like Cynthia Mendez a lot. I really like Sabina Matos a lot. They're both great public servants. I think they both have, mm-hmm. are, are wonderful people. Um, I just don't think realistically right now here in March of 2022 that anybody is positioned to knock off the incumbents in a meaningful way. I think Helena folks is going to hit the gas pedal with a marketing campaign over the course of the spring that she'll get a lot more name recognition. She'll appeal to a lot of people that don't know her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nelly Gorbet is kind of stagnated. So you would assume she's going to also do another big marketing push. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't see Munoz or Brown. You know, I, I don't see either of them getting past 10%. Yeah. Um, I mean, next question about them is they they did come out with a really great video announcing yeah. their joint ticket, um, which Money helps. Money helps. And I will say that if you do vote for both of them and they, if they are elected, you have a way better chance of getting a marijuana-themed amusement park where you would have tickets for joints. You do so have So maybe that. that's that's just their like little like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That's right. Um, if we don't have Rocky Point, what do we have? I think you, you're onto something here. <laughs> that would be- you know, Cannabis it, should be legal 100% and, it, and they, they get that, but so does the governor. Mm-hmm, so does Governor McKee. It's, it's, it's just about how they want to make it. it yeah. yeah. So what's going to happen if theoretically one wins and the other doesn't? You mean like Dan McKee wins and Sabina loses or, uh, yeah, or yeah, vice so, versa? Or, if Matt wins or Cynthia wins, but mm. the other doesn't, like, where is what's going to happen there? I think that life would go on as normal. Mm. I think that it's, I think the governor is very smart to have chosen Sabina Matos for a number of reasons. One, I think she's a, a very competent, some people roll their eyes and they say, oh, blah, 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 you know, but she's actually very competent, very smart, understands acute issues such as housing on a very deep level. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a, very superficial level, you know, she is a non-white male, not doesn't mm-hmm. only speak English and right. can get into communities, although McKee performs well in a lot of those communities that mm-hmm. that Matos kind of overlaps with. Um, I don't see that happening, but if it did happen, I think Dan McKee would welcome Lieutenant Governor Mendez and, and mentor mm-hmm. her. Yeah. And they would not have the same kind of partnership probably that we see now with the governor bringing or not, mm-hmm. That's rude to say. He's not bringing her. She's got her own operation, but they mm-hmm. appear together often. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd see that. But um, there, you know, yeah. they, these people are mature people. You know, they, they mm-hmm. at one point in time you had everybody except for Attorney General Narona competing for the governorship inside, <laughs> basically inside state officers, and they would appear at events jointly, and you could just see their body language. They, these people get along. They're not. Mm-hmm. They, um, yeah, body it, language tells gonna be everything. Fine. Everything's going to be fine. Everything. Uh, so switching to the Providence mayor's race, yep. um, I could be wrong, but I feel like things are pretty even with Nirva Gonzalo and um, Brett right now. And then there's Mike Solomon, yeah. who, I mean, I might be on the wrong like side of political Twitter, but I really haven't seen him doing anything. Um, yeah. But what will it take for one of these candidates to pull ahead from the other? Yeah. Though Gonzalo is getting some good endorsements. Um, Brett has established a lot of roots Deep and deeply entrenched roots. Um, Nirva has a very appealing persona. 
Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. I'm very curious about about polling on a. Um... Sherry, don't call me right now. Oh. No, she'll she'll watch this too. She'll hear this. Good. Yeah, you're live. Oh, it's on... you, Aunt Sherry. You're on. Anchor. <laughs> you're live. Caller number, Aunt Sherry. Anyway, uh, you should you call in. That'd be fun. Um, you know, I think I have. To, I, I'm cur- I'm curious about. I mean, we know Brett Smiley is going to perform well on the East Side. You know, mm-hmm. Gonzalo has a very good um, citywide presence as well. I, I think it actually comes down to those two right now, although I have a ton of respect for Nirvana Fortune. I think she's incredible mm-hmm. as a leader. And um, any three of those, I don't really know Mike Solomon that well. So I don't really know enough to even comment on that. But if I had to pick right now, I'd say Brett Smiley because he has, again, I think money is is – Money helps. It is, it's it's going to help in these in, – in terms of being able to message, in terms of being able to communicate in multiple languages, mm-hmm. in terms of just being able to um, – you know, Brett does some stuff like he, he sponsored a Little League team, you know, <laughs> like cute. last year and stuff like that. And you're kind of like, all right, you know, what are we doing here? Like, well, I like it. I'm also – I'm the guy who's putting posters and stickers everywhere around the city. Oh, don't tell the <laughs> Chief Clements that wasn't – I have not put a single Bartholomew Town sticker up anywhere. That was so, somebody else. Somebody else Will. Did. Yep. Not Bill. That's I mean, right. Your whole name is William. But anyway, uh, I yeah, money money talks certainly. Um, but it will be interesting to see who pulls ahead in because it's going to be the primary is going to be the real race for. Yeah, it. I, I, absolutely. Yeah. I, again, I don't think the city's at a loss with any of those individuals. I think mm-hmm. that probably Brett is the most. Um, it would be the favorite, I think. But but you know, Gonzalo's like super well prepared for mm-hmm. that type of role. You know, he's been oh, yeah. in a lot of situations career-wise and personally that he's it's a tough one it's like literally all three of those people three professionals that could all do the job professionally yep which it's going to be an important summer of campaigning it's i mean you shouldn't nobody should have to say i want a professional representing me but we're at the point where you want somebody who is professional and takes the job seriously um so sticking with city hall let's Mm. switch to the city council Mm. um from my time at the archives, I realized that it's very, very political there. Where, like, you wouldn't think that like a city council would be dramatic, but this one, this one is. Um, so, when I was at the archives, we had this big leak um, on the side of a wall that we oh, had yeah. all of these documents from the 17th century on, and the only media that got in to cover it was Go Local. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate came running up the stairs, I remember, and I barely had time to ask who she was. And she came in and she checked it out. Um, but the reason that nobody else did is because there was a city council person who said, you know, we have to protect the body. Um, verbatim, we have to protect the body. Mm. And with all the young people that are running for city council this cycle, um, how do you think that? Running the city would change if there were, I mean, younger folks coming in, if the body wasn't there, if the old guard wasn't there. Well, like I think other municipalities like Newport Mm -hmm. would serve well from a slate of young people working either unofficially or officially together to take on the city council and try Mm -hmm. to win as many seats as possible. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as in Providence right now, you know, I'm I'm excited about it. I think that, you know, it kind of goes back to like what we were saying about the Senate District 3 race where Sam mm-hmm. Zurier was successful. Council is really about, you know, serving your constituents on a very mm-hmm. organic and baseline level. And that's job number one. 
And I think that, you know, obviously all representative government is that, but mm -hmm. um, my advice to the young folks, not that I've ever won an election as a candidate or as an advisor, mm -hmm. but my advice from my standpoint now um, would be that talk about issues explicitly related to your district. For the or people your, or who your war, are checking say. your name off. Because those are the people who will hear you and who will, I mean, a lot of people hear you, but. It's it's like Buddy Cianci, you know, the anecdote is, you know, he was worried about, you know, snowplow, garbage pickup, things like this. That's how he was able to, in, in a lot of ways, maintain success. And it's tempting to talk about big picture issues. And I think Providence should be incredibly excited about and, and looking to big picture major changes trying to be an international hub for a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, but there are people who are currently in office who actually do have their district in mind. And someone like Johnny Gliozzi, the council president, you know, agree with them, disagree with them on a lot of specific issues, whatever it may be. You know, if you walk the district with Johnny Gliozzi, which I've done a few times, you know, restaurant owners, small business owners, this lady, that lady, hey, John, hey, what's up? You know, first name basis with people understanding challenges that a specific restaurant may be going through on a, on a you know, here's this grant program, we're trying to work with you, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So it, 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 it does come down, like not losing sight of the fact that it's, you know, you really are, it's all about your community. And as much as it's important to push Green New Deal type stuff, like we saw with Gina Pham, um, you know, people are very concerned about schools in Providence and, mm -hmm. and should there be an elected school board, how, you know, Commissioner Infante Green is saying it's at least 2027 till the school goes back to Providence, the pension situation. There's a lot mm -hmm. of issues that need to be in command more so than human rights issues, which mm -hmm. is unfortunate, but the reality of that, yeah. that space. That's, I mean, that's the level that you're voting at if you want to make real you know they say if you want to make real change which all change is real change mm -hmm. but if you want to make real more immediate change work mm -hmm. on the local level or run for local office that's my philosophy yeah. um, and i i will say every i i would like to hope that everybody loves who their their district or the you know war that they're representing to represent um but one thing i can say about buddy cnc um and i he died like the year after i moved here mm -hmm. um I got the impression that nobody loved the city. Nobody has loved the city more than Buddy Cianci. That's absolutely correct. Nobody has loved the pavement they walked on more than Buddy Cianci. Correct. And I hope that this election cycle, I get to interview some people who have that kind of passion. Because it's, I mean, that that makes, like I said, body language talks, mm -hmm. like your nonverbal communication, like that all speaks and you can, it speaks louder than words. When you talk to people who are pillars of Providence from that time frame, Umberto Cranco, who founded AS220, one of our city's great artists, great leaders, his relationship with Buddy Cianci. When you you know the 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 journalists that that were here at that point in time, Jim Terracani, Jack White, you know the great great journalists, their relationship with Buddy Cianci. Cianci had a lot of evil in him. He was mm -hmm. capable of a lot of negative things. He was heavily using cocaine and booze and so forth. And, mm -hmm. But he did love the city and he had a vision and he was relentless in that pursuing that vision. And he understood that the diversity of the city was its strength. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it wasn't about cleaning. I mean, he did 
harass people doing graffiti. That was kind of his one thing that I think was a flaw, but mm-hmm. well, there were a lot of flaws, but in terms of accepting people, mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, he loved the city. And, and I think Mayor Lorsa tries for that too. Mayor Lorsa gets a lot of, a lot of slack for um, not being like the most decisive leader on certain things. Mm-hmm. He has really soft hands, I will yeah. say. Yeah, I that's all I have to say. That's <laughs> <laughs> very soft hands. Yeah, but he loves the city. You know, Mayor, Mayor Lorsa loves the city. Sometimes he reaches big and that, upsets people like mm-hmm. with the, the, the goals he has they may be outside of the scope of what a city leader should be focused on at the same time well, mm-hmm. who cares rewrite the rules maybe things can change mm-hmm. but yeah you're right i think passion for providence and more than passion for elected office is what makes a great mm-hmm. um, mayor and and even counselor yeah um so like i said i'm looking to see what kind of passion people have what are you looking for as you interview people this election season mm, i'm looking for people who have listened gone mm. on extremely detail-oriented listening tours to as many different people as possible taken that information and processed it into factual solid plans so if you're in south kingstown and there's a lot of people who are concerned about parking on um you know saga tucket road uh you know or what down by the ocean mist what and and, mm-hmm. and you know the matunic area there's not enough parking okay as governor You've heard mm-hmm. those people. What does that tell you? You know, yeah, because there's a million people are saying we shouldn't have, everybody should be riding a bike. And look, it'd be great to ride a bike everywhere, believe me. But, mm-hmm. you know, but there's some places that- Not going to happen in Rhode Island. Public transit, the same thing. Be great to have bigger public transit options here. Absolutely. It's not going to happen anytime soon. So it's like, but you got to listen to those voices too and marry them. So all the detail orientation of every issue, understanding them and being able to process it through your filter and how you can- co- be a great um, orchestrator of compromise and 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 compassion, and I think that that's what we need right now. Is we need mm-hmm. the great compromise of of this decade mm-hmm. because the division. You know, we hear about the division over this over that. It's also the division of it, it's major issues like uh, that we hear about on a national level. There's also the issue of like, should we build the new bus terminal downtown or not? Mm-hmm. That's just as important. Yeah, and, and being able to balance those types of issues and hear both sides of them, I think that's what I'm looking for more than anything. And people have a tremendous command of that. And I think we need somebody who has great executive leadership skills. The mayor or the governor, you're you know you're an executive, you're a CEO. You need to be mm-hmm. able to lead a large, diverse, fast paced organization. It's not mm-hmm. so much about implementing policy or uh, mm-hmm. in terms of the. Um, you know, the, the level of, of esoteric policy that gets mm-hmm. thrown out there. I don't need to hear about that anymore. I yeah. want to know how you're going to lead an organization. Yeah. It's, I mean, I 1000 million billion percent did not like Trump. Um, and I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. plus, plus one times five, um, second worst president ever. It's just, he, it blew my mind, but I would have conversations with people about him and mm-hmm. they would, you know, go straight to, policy or you know the kind of laws he was passing and bills that and the other thing um but the one thing that i always change the conversation around to is like he's a terrible leader yeah like you have to if you're gonna run for office and you want to be a good leader you have to ask yourself am i a good leader or am i you know second and there's like a lot of strength in knowing if you are a good leader or if you are a better supporter yeah um so i hope that people who are running ask themselves that 
Um, and if they can, I mean, the District 3 race, for example, like there are so many people that ran in that. Maybe some of them would have been better supporters than leaders. I agree. Um, and that could have been a, I mean, and uh, Sam Zurier himself, he said his strength was what some people will say as a weakness is that he's not boisterous. He's not loud, mm -hmm. um, that he's quiet and he listens and he observes and he he leads that way. So I really respect that. Um, I don't know if I respect the fact that he doesn't like Brussels sprouts, but Sam, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty more anchored ahead for that. Plenty more. Um, well, with that said, is there any social media you'd like to plug? TikTok, baby. <laughs> Seriously? I, I'm on TikTok. I'm mostly like enjoying it. I'm going to start making stuff more for music. And, um, you know, I, I, I'll just plug ripodcast.com. That's where my podcast in. I love it. I love doing it. Um, don't make much money off of it. Um, you know, and I'll give a shout out to, to Rhode Island PBS little, little show I'm on called Rhode Island PBS weekly. That's uh it's really cool. And, um, uh, my beloved talk radio WPRO love talk radio. It's a magical mm -hmm. platform. Call in. You should call in. If you have something to say, try practicing saying it to someone who disagrees with you and has a mute switch. Learn how to get your perspective out in seven to 10 seconds and have it mean something. Yeah. And it's great practice. And a Ask them about pineapple on pizza. Just start, oh. start with that if you don't have a- Transmitter start. might explode. You know? <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, that's all we have for today, folks. Uh, give Anchored a follow on social media at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, and don't forget to, as always, stay salty. Anchored is produced by Trailblaze Media along with myself, Shay Weintraub. From Trailblaze Media, Ezra Winters is our executive producer. 